EST is sponsored by Pastor Talk by Lifeway. Join host Marty Dern as he interviews pastors, professors, authors, and other ministry practitioners. Pastor Talk gives you tools and encouragement to shepherd your flock well. Subscribe to Pastor Talk in iTunes or your favorite podcatcher or listen online at lifewaypastors.com. Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, and welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast by established church pastors for established church pastors. We're so glad that you joined the show today, that you're listening wherever you're listening and however you're listening. It makes a big deal to us. Micah, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you doing, Josh? I'm doing good. Are y'all Christmas ready? Are you all ready with all no, your Christmas stuff? We're pretty doggone close. Uh, we cool. now, you know, for us, we do Christmas with one side of the family every other year. Uh-huh. And so uh, this is our year to do Christmas with Tracy's side of the family. Normally, we would all go to Missouri for that side of the family. But with this being Haddon's first year in our home, you know, with adopting him in January, uh, we felt like it was important to have our first Christmas at our house. So her family's coming here. But oh, the reason cool. I tell you that is uh, we do Christmas then with the other side of the family at Thanksgiving. So we're actually halfway mm. through Christmas already. Oh, cool. We've, uh, we, we had to have half the family's Christmas shopping done a few weeks ago. You know, we so, had yeah. a really cool discussion, uh, kind of our icebreaker discussion in my small group this last week was what is your favorite Christmas movie? It, it's really mm. heated because like I like one, but I loathe yours and somebody else likes the one, but they loathe that. It's like nobody really feels neutral about these things. Do you have a favorite all time favorite Christmas movie? You know, um, historically, mm-hmm. I don't, um, there's not like a Christmas movie that I feel like I got to watch every year as a kid growing up. Um, white Christmas was uh, kind of the movie that we always watched year yeah. after year. Yeah. And so love Bing Crosby, that sort of thing. But for me now, I mean, if I was going to just pick a Christmas movie, it would be elf. Oh yeah. That's, I, I mean, it's elf. so funny. So in fact, funny. we're uh, we're watching it tonight as a family, and we're going to introduce Haddon to it for the first time. And I'm already anticipating go. how long and hard he's going to laugh. <laughs> and the questions, just the, oh the interest. Oh, listen. So we introduced the idea of um, some of the Christmas traditions to him this week, and I wish you could have watched his face as he. I can't really? count the number of times he said, "You lying to me? That's not You're true. Lying. <laughs> <laughs> you lying to me? That's not true." <laughs> It was great. That was so good. So for us, it's Christmas story. You'll shoot your eye out, you know, Ralphie and the BB gun. That's something I've watched every year. Still do. I don't think I've ever seen that movie all the way through. It's my all time favorite. I need to watch it. Elf is very close, um, but it's more like that's my modern favorite. And then there's a few other that probably I shouldn't just say, but they're they're funny, too. So I watch those. (laughs) Die Hard, right? Not Die Hard. I'm I'm in the Die Hard's not a Christmas movie camp, but you know, other people are. I'm I'm with you. I just I think it's hilarious, but I love the argument all these people are making about it. Is it a Christmas movie or isn't it? Anyway, you know, so this brings up our topic today, and I think yeah. this is a timely topic, and we could talk a little bit about it openly and honestly, because it's not just Christmas. It also comes into our other holidays as well as whether or not in the established church we should celebrate Santa and how much role does Santa play into our churches? And, you know, we can, we can dialogue about this kind of as adults, but you know, when Easter comes around, we've got the Easter bunny. I don't, 
Are there any others beside the Easter Bunny and Santa? I'm not sure. I mean, you got Tooth Fairy. I don't know what you do with the yeah. Tooth Fairy. But... I don't either. Yeah. But it does bring up some situations because I've seen a situation before in which a little one loses a tooth and you ask them, well, is the Tooth Fairy bringing you, you know, going to bring you something tonight? And the parents, you know, kind of shush the conversation and say, no, we don't do the Tooth Fairy, you know. And so, um, you know, how do you play all of that? How should yeah, I mean, you play I would, all that? I would say the grander question is how do we handle um, cultural realities mm. that that don't that aren't rooted in scripture. And so let me let me give you a good analogy I think. Okay. Um, and that would be how you handle things like uh Independence Day, the 4th of July, mm. or Thanksgiving at your church, or Mother's Day. Yeah. Um none of which are biblical holidays, but some or all of which most of our churches acknowledge and and celebrate at some level. Now, I think you could argue that Santa is a little bit different in that there are those who would argue Santa takes away from Jesus and mm-hmm. uh, and diminishes Jesus, and I get that. But, you know, I, I think it's a tricky question. I mean, how do you handle parts of Christmas holiday that really aren't related to um, the Christmas celebration itself? Let me, let me give you one other example that maybe would be a good one. How okay. do you guys handle Easter egg hunts on Easter at your church? At, at, at Saxe's church, we don't. We don't yeah. have Easter egg hunts. Um, okay. We did traditionally before I came. It was one of those. We came, you know, the whole like killing um, events that cause a lot of stress or time, but don't really yield any actual results. So right. we kind of we killed those away. But you know what I really like is when churches, uh, Northwood, for example, they do um, Easter egg hunts for um, children with disabilities, those sort of things. I really like kind of redeeming some of them. But mm-hmm. again, like the Santa thing, which I'll share in a minute, I don't have a problem with Easter egg hunts. I think they're kind of fun. Sure, sure. My kids yeah, like them. I, I think that's the key. I think issues like Easter egg hunts and Independence Day and Veterans Day and Mother's Day and Father's Day and Santa Claus are problems when they diminish and obscure biblical truth. Sure. So and the gospel. That's right. So if they obscure the gospel, you've got a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, in a church where you're rooted in the gospel and, you know, you've got a kid's Christmas thing on a Wednesday night and Santa shows up and meets the kids. I, personally, I, I don't have an objection to that. Um, if the gospel is front and center, if the kids know their hope is in Jesus, um, it's just one of the cultural trappings that we have that's not anti-Christ. Um, but can also be used in a redemptive way to mm. you know, be enjoyable and have fun and, and still keep Christ in the center of what we do. I think it's interesting. I don't know why I've never paid attention to this, but you brought up the idea of Thanksgiving and other mm-hmm. holidays. And, yeah. you know, I, I've always been right there in the middle of the conversations about whether or not to celebrate patriotic or nationalistic holidays in the church service and never really have. And um, kind of we, we shy away from that at the most. We may say, you know, happy Independence Day. We're glad you're here. And then we go on. That's that's the most what we'll do here. However, with Thanksgiving here lately, I was looking into that and reading into it and thinking about the perspective of Native Americans and, and um, indigenous peoples and, and stuff right. like that. And sure. it was just this last year. Now, I never made a decision on it. We didn't make a church because we don't really have like a Thanksgiving meal. But some church, I know Brainerd does a, a big, large uh, kind do. of Thanksgiving meal. That's right. And so thinking a little bit about that, like how would I handle Thanksgiving. My my thought was, how would I handle Thanksgiving in, say, if I was serving in Oklahoma right. or near a reservation or something like that, where there was a large number of those people? Would it be 
culturally insensitive to to do something like that. And I know some people wouldn't even question. It doesn't matter. It's an American holiday, you know. So, but, I, but here I think you bring up the a primary point, Josh, and yeah. that is context matters, right? Sure. I mean, this is true of really almost every decision we make in church life. Context yeah. is king. Um, we do recognize Thanksgiving at Brainerd and we think there's a biblical foundation to it, just a spirit of sure. church, being yeah, a thankful being people, right? And, uh, and so that's, that's one element. When I was serving as a missionary in West Africa, we didn't celebrate Thanksgiving. We didn't recognize the 4th of July. No, we did personally. I still remember the 4th of July when we were living there. We had all the other missionaries from the area over to our house, and we watched American movies, and we played baseball in the yard. <laughs> it was kind of our way of celebrating our holiday, but it meant nothing to the culture around us, right? right. And it would have been problematic to force them to celebrate it. So I, I think you're bringing up a really good point. If your context was different, the way you acknowledge it or celebrate it might be different. Right. And so I think with the Santa thing and Easter as well, there's a slight nuance to observing this because there is a person, um, because you're directing towards a person. And of course, that gets a little bit closer to. So as you talked about Thanksgiving, we have the spirit of Thanksgiving. We we are thankful people. We should be thankful people as Christians. So observing Thanksgiving, that's a little bit easier. Independence, freedom. I mean, it's super easy and churches have done it forever. Right. About um, drawing the correlations between, you know, American heroes and, and Jesus. So there's some of that. But when we get to Christmas and Easter. Some of the rub comes when we are literally celebrating the birth of a of a, of a person, and uh, we get detract or it may be detracted when it comes to Santa. And what's interesting is how people become so violent about this. Like they're either like, worked up over it. Yeah, like Jesus is mad at you if you <laughs> celebrate. Santa. Well, so how I, do you do it in your family? Well, I think did you grow up Santa? Uh, we did. Yeah, I did. I grew up saying I can remember laying in my bed at night, hearing the reindeer hooves on the, on the roof. Still not quite <laughs> sure how that happened, but, uh, I remember it. Um, that's the way I, I think, um, part of it depends on how and when you want to celebrate something like Santa. Mm. Um, I, I don't mind, like I said, I don't mind like a kid's program on a Wednesday night having Santa show up or something like that, but never w could I ever imagine having Santa in a worship service. Right. You know what mm. I mean? We do lots right. of things at the church that aren't necessarily um, indicative of a worship environment. I mean, our youth next week are doing uh, their Christmas party and they're doing a 90s themed Christmas party, which brings up a okay. whole nother point. And that is that they wanted to do an oldies themed Christmas party and they chose the 90s. <laughs> I'm, I'm hurting a well, little bit right now, school. to be honest where, with you. Where were you? What, what, how old were I you? I graduated from high school in the middle of the 90s. So I was, okay. in fact, I was in yeah, I was just finishing up college at the end of the 90s, early, right at the beginning of 2000. Wow, that's so funny. They so, did the oldies in the 90s. Yeah, so they're doing an oldies party with our youth. It's a 90s party. Obviously, there's nothing in scripture that has to do with 90s culture. They're going to wear like neon, you know, no. purple and pink and their hair up in a bun and, uh, you know, tight roll their jeans or something. I don't know. But, um, but it's, it's fun. It's cultural, you know, it's culturally appropriate. They have a good time and they, you know, in that sort of environment, I've got no problem with a Santa showing up and having a good time, mm -hmm. but he wouldn't be anywhere near my Christmas part, uh, worship service, a Christmas related mm -hmm. worship service. You know, Easter, we, we, um, you know, I've been at part of churches before that do Easter egg hunts. Um, have no problem with that at all, but I'm not going to do an Easter egg hunt or the Easter bunny's not going to show up in the Easter worship service either, mm. if that makes sense. It so does. I don't think, I don't think the Easter bunny or Santa is necessarily in and of itself anti-Christ, but it's also not Christ. 
So mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to it making an appearance in some way, but it's also not going to be the center of what we do. Right. And I think that's really kind of where we end up for a long time. People thought I was just anti, you know, like a Scrooge, like you don't like Santa, you're Scrooge. And Ebenezer. It's really Ebenezer. That's not really at all kind of my motivation there. So I remember one of the hiccups when I first took this church as a revitalization and as an established church was this question of Santa. We had, we have an MDO here on Mother's Day out, which is even, you know, that's a step or two removed from our worship services, of course. Right. And then we have our children's programs. And I just kind of was asked for whatever reason, somebody asked me about this coloring page that they were going to do. And it was Rudolph. Okay. And I said, no, now I said, I'm not against that. Like they can do that in their families. I'm not going to preach. I'm never going to stand up and preach. If you, if you teach your kids Santa, then, then you're evil. But here now we're just not like here. And, and I said, you know, my point was why like Rudolph is kind of a fun story and good little movie and things like that. But there's so much great stuff about the Christmas story. Can't we just kind of do that now? Can't we do that here? And then, you know, let the church make much of Jesus. And then, you know, let the city have Santa at the end of the parade or, or whatever and things like that. And so when people find out that we don't do Santa, they always are very curious about that. I'm not militant about it, but at the same time, they're, they're like, so then what do you tell your children? And mm-hmm. I'll tell you exactly what I've always told my children. Santa is a thing. It's a pretend thing that makes, um, cer- certain aspects of the holidays kind of fun. And, um, it's a make believe thing that we enjoy and we, pretend about. So Santa will be at the end of the parade. He's not real, but it's fun. And so whenever Santa comes at the end of our little city's parade, my kids always cheer and yell and, you know, they're Santa, but they've never believed in him. The other thing that we tell our children is that Santa goes to Nana and Papa's house, but he doesn't come to our house. And (laughs) it's kind of an inside joke because Nana was very much, and that's another rub. The grandparents, a lot of times with the younger you know, millennial Christians, a lot of them don't do Santa, but the boomers do. And, and you're robbing the grandparents from doing Santa. And so we always just, we didn't rob them. Like Santa's a fun thing at Nana's house, but it's not a thing here. We just kind of pretend. So the reason I think this conversation brought up was, um, Metters. I went, I went blank on his first name. John down in, uh, John. Yeah. Down in Tomball. Yeah. He tweeted something along the lines of, you know, Christians who have a problem with Santa, do they have a problem with Mickey Mouse, Superman, or Curious George? Just make believe, pretend there's some magic in that. There's good in that. How would you respond? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, again, I mean, I I don't disagree with him. You know, our kids have never, we've never done Santa with our kids. Uh, I grew up with it, but we didn't do that with our kids. They've known from very early on that Santa wasn't real. I, again, I, I started telling you about this at the beginning of the, of the, the podcast. I mean, literally this week, my son, who's 10 years old, who's never heard the story of Santa before, told us this week he'd never had a Christmas present before. You know, he'd, he's mm. he'd heard before that he got um, boxes from Operation Christmas Child. And he told us this week, yes, but we never got those for Christmas. So he's, he's, he, his experience with Christmas is very limited. And we walked through the, sto- the story of Santa with him. You know, Santa climbs down the chimney. What? Mm. You lying to me. That's not true. <laughs> How he get up on the roof? And I said, well, uh. you know, the rain, the reindeer get him up there. What? Sure. You lying to me. Deer can't go on roof. Uh. And I said, well, they fly. <laughs> what? You lying to me. I mean, it was fantastic to see Santa through the eyes of someone who's old enough to figure it all out for the first time. Right. 
and, right. and and finally he's like, is that real? And I said, no, you know, Santa's not real, but it's part of the Christmas tradition right. and we celebrate him. And, uh, and so, I mean, we're kind of the same way. I mean, we've, you know, we, we do, we acknowledge him with our kids. He's a fun part of the holiday, but it doesn't offend me if, um, if he's around, I, it doesn't bother me if we, mm-hmm. if we know that Christ is at the center of what we're doing. And, um, and I don't disagree with John that, I mean, now, I, I mean, mm-hmm. there is a little bit of, you know, John's point, do you tell your kids about Mickey Mouse? Sure we do. But we also don't tell our kids that Mickey Mouse is, is real. Well, I, right. I, I, I mean, I don't know. There are families who do. I mean, their kids assume that they're real. You know, you go to Disney World mm-hmm. and you see them for the first time and you think you've met, Dis- you know, Mickey Mouse. Sure, but, yeah. I mean, there's there's enough of a, um, you know, there's enough the of vibe. a synergy between the two. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say where they're where they're similar enough that I think he, he makes a good point. I think the the threat is when we somehow allow Mickey or Santa to be greater than Christ. And Mm -hmm. uh, that I do think we have a problem with. And we have a problem with that in a lot of our churches, regardless of what we do with Santa in our churches. Right. The other thing that I think through. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I don't disagree with John either there. You know, that statement really goes against those who are militant to think. If you involve Santa, you obviously are antichrist, and that's just not the reality of it. No. I do think that there is that caveat there where I don't know anybody who's ever told their kids, Superman is real, and unless you believe in him, you will receive nothing. <laughs> right. Um, all in celebration of Jesus. So it just it it conflates within a young mind. You know, we've talked about this and and it is true though. If you teach kids that you better not pout, you better not cry then you won't get anything. You'll get coal. Then you teach them this works-based sort of love. And that's not something that we want to encourage. So you just, you just are careful with it. The, um, the other thing that I think is really kind of at play is that idea of conflating or relating the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus to a works-based sort of grace, which I, I know people are saying, well, you're, you're reading too much into it. I don't think I am. I think that as pastors and as preachers and established church people, that's something that you want to address. Now, my response to that is to just teach like a pastor, preach and preach the truth and then kind of show them. See, in our, and this is what I did last Sunday at the end of our service. See, even in our, even in our folklore of Santa, even in our American Western sort of folklore of Santa, we have this idea of a returning person who brings good. That's right. We want that. We love that. But the problem with our folklore is that it's works-based and the greatness about Jesus is that it's not. It's grace-based. And so you can show that and say, that's fun. And so I said, I literally said the word. So the next time y'all are singing that Santa Claus is coming to town song, that's good. Have fun with that. But remember and remind yourself, remind your children that Jesus is so much better because he's better than Santa. Yeah, I think that's really, I think instead of just hammering all the time, this is what we think is wrong. Present people mm-hmm. with a better al- option. Give them a better alternative. K- Tim Keller is, is, you know, known for saying the truer and better uh, about whatever it happens to be that he's talking about. But I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. show them that Jesus is a truer and better savior than the untouchables, than the incredibles, than the Justice League or Santa. You know, Jesus is the truer right. and better savior. Yeah, I think that's a lot of fun. I think it's a good way to do it. But I'm with you as well. I don't have Santa you know, suspended from cables riding down from our balcony onto our, our church platform during worship service. That's just not going to, it's not something we're going to do. Yeah. It gets too close to home. Yeah. So, and Easter bunnies along the same lines, right? So when you asked me earlier about the Easter bunny and Easter eggs, 
what was your thought process on do y'all do an easter egg hunt and at the church you know i was thinking about this i've been here for one easter i don't believe we do but i'm not involved in that so i could be wrong um Mm. but i'm not again i'm not offended by it it's a great opportunity i mean in in it's it's a great opportunity to bring people to your church and have an opportunity to connect with them relationally. And just like a soccer tournament could be, or, you know, a basketball Mm -hmm. league or something like that. So, um, I don't think we do, but, um, but I don't know for sure. I don't remember for sure. Yeah. I do have, I mean, I feel, I would say I'm not against pastors who do this, but I do feel a little bit uncomfortable if there's like, you know, a postcard that goes out that says, bring the, bring the family to worship this Sunday and meet Santa or get your picture with Santa or come this, and get your picture with the Easter Bunny. I get kind of what they're doing, and you know that's that's a different topic, but it does make me a little uncomfortable because even from student ministry days, the the concept is what you get them there with is what you're going to have to keep them there with. And so, if if that's the deal, but at the same time, you know, we have nice buildings. We we do a lot of things that do attract people. Yeah. Uh, other than just preaching, so I'm not against it, but right. So yeah, no, I understand well, cool. that. So it's a pretty easy topic. Have fun with it, but, uh, you know, teach people correct. I mean, here's the problem. People get in trouble when they get dogmatic about Mm. an issue like this, that they need to be careful with their dogma. Uh, You know, I, I'm a big believer in the sufficiency of scripture. And by that, I think the sufficiency of scripture teaches that what scripture says matters and what it doesn't say also matters. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and so I reserve my dogma for what scripture is clear about. Right. And I think I've showed you, or I've shared this story with you before. I had a, uh, a person sitting in my office that was upset about something. Um, I think it was the name of a church and it wasn't even our church. It was a church down the road and they had taken Baptist out of the name of their church. And I just said, you know, friend, I don't, I don't know that Jesus cares about that. And, uh, he said, uh, why not? And I said, well, you know, none of the churches in the Bible had Baptist in the name or Methodist or anything like that. So it, it doesn't really seem to be something that Jesus would care about. And, uh, he says, Oh, Josh, there's a lot of things in the, that aren't in the Bible. And I said, yeah, and I'm not upset about any of them. And he said, uh, he, he says, but you should be. And he was so mad about it. And I was like, I'm not, man. I just, I, there's a lot in the Bible that if we worried about that, then, um, we'd probably get a lot further. So let's just, there's enough to worry about. I do have a, a hint or a tip though for those who are listening and, and maybe they've just taken a church and maybe it's a little overboard. Maybe Santa does write in or, I don't know. Um, the, you know, the pastor dresses up like Santa to preach on Christmas morning, something. Maybe it's a little bit over and you want to dial it back and, uh, you're wondering how to do that. One of the tips that I've found to be real helpful here and, um, and I've had friends em- employed in other churches is make sure you don't set it up against this versus that and instead do this better than that. So the way that, the way that I communicated is this. So we don't do like Independence Day celebrations here at the church. And so what I say is I love Independence Day celebrations. I like going. I like the hot dogs and the fireworks and all that sort of stuff. But we're going to do that in this place. And that's good because you cheapen both. If you try to do Independence Day in the middle of a worship celebration, you either cheapen the gospel or you lessen the Independence Day. It's not full. You can't play a baseball game in the middle of of a worship service. So why don't we do both? Why don't for this hour, these two, three hours in the morning, we're going to make much of Jesus and celebrate what we have in Jesus. And then tonight down at the ballpark, we're all going to gather and do that. We're going to do Independence Day and have that. And so when I started communicating that to some of the people who were really, they were, they were, they were wanting the American flag and that sort of stuff in the worship service, 
they actually very quickly came around and said, you know, that is better. I would like that more mm-hmm. um, because we get to do the full thing. Mm-hmm. So the th- same thing with the Christmas. No, we're not necessarily going to have Santa here, but what if we do a float during the parade and we go out to the parade and we celebrate and we have fun with Santa out there? We could do both better and really kind of focus on whichever one you want to focus on at the time. That really helps much better than if you just kind of take a church and say, Santa evil, you're bad parents if you have Santa. And so get out. Um, right. That's just not going to help you anymore. Yeah. I mean, I kind of show them that you like. Well, and here's the other reality. We live in culture. Every church and every pastor does. And um, culture is not good or bad, right? Culture is just, it is where we, uh, Ed Stetzer likes to say, culture is the house we live in. And there are parts of it that are good and parts of it that are bad. So we have to, you know, we have to sit back and swim in the culture and in the way, the the ways in which our culture runs counter to the word, then we need to run counter to to the culture. But in all other areas, we need to function within the culture. And so for us to completely remove ourselves from cultural realities would be to blunt our effectiveness and frankly, to probably be poor citizens, biblically speaking. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. So when it comes to Independence Day or Veterans Day or, you know, Christmas or Easter or Thanksgiving or whatever the case might be, it's dumb to, to, to simply just act as if they don't exist in some senses, but you want to, you want to function in such a way so that they lend to and not take away from the ministry of worship and the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good word. Now, Sam's not on the recording today, obviously, but out of the three of us, I think he'd be most elf-like. I don't know that for sure, but I feel like he's the kind that would jump up and down and clap for Santa to come in. Do you he get might. that? I, I'm i a little bit like that. I love Christmas. I know you are. I you like, are very Christmas. I'm a big Christmas fan. I like to say Buddy the Elf mm. is my hero, and um, <laughs> I, I can be a lot like him. Uh, I listen to Christmas yeah. music in June and July. And mm. uh, so I love Christmas. Now, I don't jump up and down for Santa, but I love the trappings of Christmas. I love the lights and I love the sounds and I love the mm. just I, you cooler know, weather. All, all of it. I'm not yeah. a huge cooler weather fan, but this is the, the time of year when I'm good with it. You know, this week it's in yeah. the 40s all week here in Chattanooga. And uh, I like it. It feels nice. I got my jacket on. I feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the screw. Like, I'm not Scrooge. I'm not the Grinch. I'm the. You haven't seen the movies, but the, for those who have, you haven't seen all the way through um, the dad on the Christmas right? kind of grumpy, go around a lot, yell at the Bumpus's dogs. But at the end, that's really I do like it. I love it a lot and give the kid the, the BB gun because they enjoy it. And I love watching our kids get all excited about it and the trees and the lights. I really do like that. So do you decorate your house? Do you put lights up around um, your house? We've done a little bit this year. Our house is in particular is on a hill. And so it would take really large extension ladders to get to our and it's roof. Two story. It is two story. And because of the way it sits on a hill, I, believe it or not, because of the way we sit on a hill, we only have two windows in the entire house that are ground level. Every other window oh, wow. in the house, you have to get a ladder from the outside to get to it. And so just a weird work of our house. It is secure. And, yeah. uh, and so we got one of those things that you put in the ground and it shoots lights up on the front of your house. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we did one of those this year and Tracy's got something that says joy. Now inside our house is heavily decorated. Mm. I, I last year didn't, but we were in a two story home and I'm, I'm not anti Christmas lights. I'm anti heights. And so I'm not, I'm just not getting up there, but (laughs) this year we have a single story home and a new house. So yeah, I did all, all the outside. It looks pretty nice. Just white outline. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. Well, cool. 
Well, Merry Christmas to you, bro. Absolutely. You and, uh, as well, man. Happy Advent as well. Oh, that could have been a whole other talk. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> could talk about Advent. Advent. I'm a big Advent. We do it at home and at my church. We can talk Me about too. it sometime. I love it. Yeah. You know, somebody else we want to wish a very Merry Christmas, Happy Advent is Jeremy Foge, F-O-D-G-E. In fact, he follows us on Twitter at F-O-D-G-E underscore J. He's the, he's the pastor of Faith Baptist in uh, it looks like Seguin or Seguin, Washington. So glad that he's following us on Twitter and, uh, you know, listening to the show. He had some great, nice things to say about us on Twitter. And so we appreciate that. And we appreciate everybody who follows us and uh, kind of listens and helps get the word out. We do ask you to help get the word out. Share us with your other pastor friends. Let them know about what we're talking about here. And maybe they can join in with the show. Again, Merry Christmas to you. And uh, we'll see you next week. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. Support for EST is provided by Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. The mission at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by equipping students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. The school is located in Wake Forest, North Carolina, and offers more than 40 different degree programs ranging from Associate of Divinity to Doctor of Philosophy. With more than 3,400 students enrolled, Southeastern trains future and current ministry leaders to lead effectively, study the word diligently, and preach the gospel unashamedly. Learn more about Southeastern by visiting www.sebts.edu. And come check out our campus to see how you can join the Southeastern family and learn how to go to reach your community, your nation, and your world. Wherever you're going, Southeastern will help you get there.